Yeah, Tony, I, I, I certainly thank you for taking the time to be with us. Uh, people certainly enjoy it uh, when you do come on. Thank you. Well, thank you, Coach. It's always good to be with you. Listen, I want to start. Uh, Tony, you're, there's no better person than you to uh, pose this particular, uh, get this particular look at college football. And I'm going to start with the uh, with the SEC. The, it's amazing to me. This could be one of the most interesting years from the standpoint of having more depth in teams uh, with winning records than I can remember. Look, look at what the, you know Tennessee did last year and what South Carolina did last year. I, I didn't I didn't think that was possible. Uh, but they did. Uh, Mississippi State, uh, I mean, won, won seven ball games, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what Arkansas is doing out there with Pittman, just uh, a magnificent job at, uh, at Arkansas. And they're now, uh, shoot, they're up there with anybody, uh, Pittman with anybody in the country. Uh, they're, they're a good football team, of course. It uh, goes without saying, it looks like, you know, Alabama and Georgia again are the class of the league. Uh, Kentucky, uh, I think they've done a heck of a job. They've assembled a good football team, beat anybody on any Saturday. Um, how do you, what are your thoughts about um, the SEC as a whole? And, and I know uh, I left out Texas a and Everybody's talking about them, um, them being uh, something special. But uh, this, this is a very, very evenly divided league. And I, and other than Alabama and Georgia, uh, boy, it's, 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 it's anybody, any, any side of it. Well, Coach, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I think all of us feel that Alabama and Georgia are, are on, on a level by themselves. But the rest of the league is moving in the right direction. Like I, I feel pretty confident that Alabama and Georgia will win the West and the East. But I couldn't tell you who possibly is going to finish second in the East. I mean, you look at all those teams that are trending up. I mean, Florida's. I think Florida's going to be better once they get their roster where they want it to be. But Billy Napier's the right guy. He will do a good job. Kentucky coaches won ten games in two of the last four seasons. Kentucky's never done that. And Mark Stoops is coming back for his 10th year. South Carolina, you mentioned. I mean, they went to a bowl. They had a great finish. finish. They had a, they've got a bright young quarterback transferring in from Oklahoma, Spencer Rattler. Tennessee, you talked about they, they had, a, uh, I thought, a tremendous year first. And, and the same thing is true over in the West. I can tell you who's going to finish first in the SEC West, but I can't tell you at all who's going to finish second. I mean, it was Ole Miss last year, Texas A&M, signed one of the best recruiting classes ever for them. Uh, LSU under Brian Kelly is going to be good sooner rather than later. It's just Texas. You know, I'm, it, it is going to be the most balanced league uh, that we have seen uh, in a long, long time. A lot of competitive games. I agree. I certainly agree. You know, the thing that's scary about Mississippi State, which uh, people overlook, tend to overlook, is that uh, they're, they're totally uh, different uh, than anybody else offensively. Uh, they're, uh, 
that you, you can't practice against that particular uh, offense of Mississippi State because you can't duplicate it well enough to right. practice to, to get uh, legitimate uh, reps, uh, repetitions on it. So uh, when you get into the ball game, you've got to do a lot of adjusting. And, and uh, you know, people don't realize and say, well, how do they, how they do that? Well, uh, you know, some of their routes, uh, the routes within patterns, are totally adjustable based on the coverage, which means that uh, the quarterback and the receiver, uh, they're, they're reading what route he's going to run on the go. How do you defend that? And it was just, uh, uh, it's a very unique system. And the quarterback, by the way, uh, Tony, was um, – Olympic last year had a had a very good year. Now he's back, and uh, uh, they're only going to be uh, more dangerous this year. Well, we're talking with Will Rogers. You're talking about he coach. He almost threw for five thousand yards, forty-seven thirty-nine, four hundred four thousand seven hundred thirty-nine yards, almost five thousand yards, thirty-six touchdowns, and really he had nine interceptions, which is not that many for the amount of times that they throw it. Had the highest completion percentage yeah. in the SEC of any quarterback, and when you play Mississippi State and Mike Leach, it's kind of like playing a wishbone because you can't you can't simulate it in practice, and and they yeah. are relentless. And they got they got to keep throwing it and throwing it and throwing, and you know that. And game planning for that is just it's just a bear. It really is. Yeah, it is. What do you hear about Ole Miss? There's a lot of Intrigue about what he's doing up there with all the uh, transfers and, uh, and losing the quarterback. Well, the thing, you know, he went to the transfer portal. He did it more than anybody else in the league. Twelve, twelve guys out of the transfer portal has three new co- coordinators. He lost his his main play caller and, and Jeff Levy, who went to uh, who went to Oklahoma. Uh, and so he's bringing in Charlie Weiss Jr. to do that. So how's that going to work out? The quarterback, is, it looks like it's going to be – there are two in the, in the program. One is Jackson Dart, who played at USC, was very successful. Uh, Luke Altmaier is the other guy. Dart's got, a, Dart, Dart's got one of these great arms. And so we, we know what we're going to get from Ole Miss. The question is, how good will they get – you know, how good will they be quarterback? And because Matt Corral has given, a, given them something special for the last couple of years. And, and you always want – you know, I don't worry about receivers. You can find receivers, but how well does the quarterback play? If he plays at the Matt Corral level, remember, coach, they they were ten and three last year, six and two, six and two in the SEC, uh, second in the SEC West, and they can do that again if they get if they get that kind of play out of the quarterback. Yeah, that's going to be the key is is, is the quarterback, and uh, certainly he's. If you will, since we've jumped on that, we mentioned that mild subject anyway. I'm going to bring it up. But I, uh, again, I ask, I ask your opinion on this. Uh, and I'm going to preface by saying right off the bat, I am vehemently opposed to both the transfer portal and certainly the NIL. I think it's the recipe for, uh, certainly for the end of amateurism. In college athletics, it's just um, you know it, it's a sad day when a college education 
totally paid for, room, board, books, additional laundry money, they call it or whatever. Uh, you, you don't have to spend a dime and get a college education if you're willing to work for it. Uh, just just go to class and do what you what you would normally do, and it's all paid for. But that's not enough anymore. Uh, it's uh, now it's becoming a um, a place where guys can go make money. Um, the, the university, my, my point is, the university is a um, a bastion of higher education. Uh, not a place for uh, what's going on in athletics right now. Well, coach, it's a tough situation. I'm, I am, I am more confident that something will be done about the transfer portal than I am about NIL. But let, let's take the transfer portal first. Uh, just in talking to people, I think, I think the feeling is the transfer portal is not going away. But it does not need to be open 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. That doesn't need to happen. What needs to happen there is they need, just like there were dead periods in recruiting where you can't go off campus and recruit and you can't have guys on your uh, campus to recruit, uh, there should be dead periods where you can't use the transfer portals. That way the coaches have a chance to figure out who's on their roster, uh, you know, particularly like after spring ball. So I – I think you'll see some – just in talking to people, you'll see some adjustments there so that it's not operational all the time. The, the problem, Coach, with the, the NIL is that it, you could can, you can pass NIL rules tomorrow and do away with it, but the problem is what's going to happen when you end up back in court? Uh, are you going to lose again? And Because and, the, the, you can't overstate, Coach, that 9 to nothing. Supreme Court verdict that happened earlier uh, this year. You can't overstate how important uh, that was. And so I'm, I'm concerned that, you know, they, they need to come up with a set of guidelines that everybody operates around, but I don't see the NIL going away. I do see it better managed. And, Coach, let's be honest about this. The, the reason we're in this situation is that the NCAA advocated their responsibility. They were told about this years in advance that they needed to address the situation and nothing got done. In fact, they went into court and spent millions and millions of dollars and then they still get beat nine to nothing in the Supreme Court. So I guess the only encouragement I can give you on that, Coach, is that they will come up with a set of rules. What we don't know is if those set of rules uh, will survive in a court of law. That's what we don't know. And we need leadership in this area, and right now we don't have it. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't be more uh, correct, and then saying the NCAA dropped the ball. They dropped the ball on so many things. You know what I hear, uh, Tony? You, you may have heard something different, totally different. But uh, there are some some coaches and some people involved in athletics who see a future, and the not too distant future either, of uh, college football, for example becoming more like the NFL, a combination of the power conferences and doing away with the NCAA and, and operating more like an entity like the NFL as opposed to the NCAA. Now, uh, 
it's got some merit. It, it does have some merit because of the teeth they could put in it. Well, yes, and I think ultimately that's where we're headed. Where whereas basketball, will, you know, basketball will have its own governing body, and football will have its own governing body, so that people understand what's good. And, and 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 the problem is, is that you know the enforcement arm of the NCAA doesn't really exist anymore. They don't really, they don't, they they don't know how to do investigations. Uh, on and off. So the, ultimately, I think this would be good. Let's just take football. I think it would be good for football to have its own governance structure, to have its own enforcement structure. At least everybody knows what you're talking about. The problem is is that all these different sports have tried to be under this huge umbrella, and particularly in enforcement, nothing got – investigations took forever. Uh, Commissioner Greg Sankey said, look, he said this has got to be done in a more timely fashion. Not only is it not fair that it takes so long, not only is it not fair to the schools that are being charged – it is also unfair to the to the schools that they're playing against. In other words, the the, the ones who are convicted or are charged of wrongdoing, you owe it to the schools that have to play that school to do it and do it in a timely fashion. That simply hasn't been done. And honestly, I think the only way it can get done is for football to have its own governance structure. With uh, you can call it an executive director, you can call it a commissioner. I don't I don't care what you call it. But there needs to be somebody in charge so that things get done in a timely fashion. I agree, and so do uh, many other people I've talked to. They just uh, think that's uh, almost here. Uh, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, listen, I want to jump uh, to one other thing on before we leave the NIL and portal. I, I think they've opened Pandora's box. On the, on the NIL, and you're right, it's going to be hard now. In fact, almost impossible to close it entirely. But you can't regulate. People say, well, they should regulate. How in the world are you going to regulate? This has just opened up um, opened up recruiting to another level. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can control how much somebody's going to get uh, at this point. Uh, it's, it's, and there are inequities to boot. No, there are, there are there are inequities. Not not everyone can afford to play at the level that we're talking about. You know, at the very at the very top of college football, you know, there's the ones in the in the Power Five conferences. For the most part, there are exceptions. For the most part, they 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 are playing the game financially at a completely different level. And so, what what do you do? Like, well, what does Vanderbilt do? What does Wake Forest do? You know, that, that that's that's ultimately the issue. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is, Coach. I wish I did. Sometimes, as bad as this would be, maybe the answer is making the players employees of the university, and do, at least you would have some kind of structure involved. But right now, I don't think anybody has a clue. Keep this in mind. Uh, the NCAA is doing a uh, an investigation or an analysis. They've been asked to say, hey, and so there is a there is a report coming, I think, in July that will sort of lay it out for everybody. I just don't know. I think we all know what the issue is. The question is, what can you do about it? And that's what nobody seems to know. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. That's uh, exactly right. Uh, let me jump back to one uh, 
uh, one subject here, that uh, question that I was asked to give you. Uh, so I'm going to do that before I forget it. And that is um, Georgia, the University of Georgia. I, I, and very seldom have I ever seen four people in their front seven in the defensive line and the linebackers. Four out of the seven are going to be drafted in the first round if it's almost certain that they will. How in the world can you have that type of attrition and expect to rebound? I know, I know they recruit well and all that, but my goodness, uh, that many first rounders right there, uh, guys, that's 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 amazing. How does Georgia overcome that? Well, I, I told somebody today in, in another interview, I said, when you if you if you turn in tune in to watch the NFL draft on I guess April twenty eighth. You will wonder how in the world can Georgia even put together a team in 2022 uh, because so much talent is going to be walking out the door. Now, what I've told my Georgia friends is, look, the defense is going to be good. They've recruited well. And, oh, by the way, Coach, all those defensive linemen that are going to be drafted, why do you see number 88, Jalen Carter? I mean, he is, he is just as good as any of those guys that are going to get drafted, and he will be, he will be a dominant force. But the, the, the reality of Georgia is that Georgia will be a very good team. Georgia will be a team that will be discussed as a contender for the national championship. Because if you're gonna, if you have a chance to win the SEC, you have a chance to win the national championship. What Georgia won't have, Georgia will have a good defense. But last year was a generational defense. You know, you talk about those defensive linemen. Yeah. Uh, they've got they've got uh, the Nicobe Dean, a linebacker, maybe the best. Maybe the number one linebacker or second linebacker taken in the draft. That guy, this guy's an incredible player. What Georgia will have is a very good defense. They won't have a great generational type defense. This has got to be one of the best. It is one of the best defenses Georgia's ever had. So they'll be good enough. So the question now becomes what does Georgia do offensively with Stetson Bennett coming back? You know, last year, they, if they if Georgia scored 24 points in the game last year, they were very confident they were going to win the game because the defense has only given up 10 a game. Now, does does the offense need to be more explosive and score more points? Because while you've got a good defense, you don't have a great defense that's going to shut people down. I think that's the answer. Georgia will Georgia will be more explosive offensively, and they can do a lot of things. And they and they got you know they got a quarterback. Who won, who was the MVP of the national championship game. They've got some really good running backs, even though they lost a couple of good ones, and the offensive line is, is still deep. Uh, but they'll have to score more points. And is, can Stetson Bennett be that guy? I think the answer is yes. But the answer to your Georgia friends, Coach, is that Georgia will be good, not great on defense, but very good, and they'll have to score more points and be more explosive. Uh, if they're going to beat a team like Alabama for the SEC championship. How would you rate their receivers, uh, Tony? I think the receivers are pretty good. Now, they do, did lose their best receiver to Alabama, uh, Jermaine Burton. But they, they, yeah. they're they yeah. pretty deep at that position. Where, where they're great at, of course, is at the tight end position. I mean, the, the wide receivers are good. The wide receivers are good enough to do what they want to do because those great 
those great tight ends. Uh, Brock started with Brock Bowers. So they, they they go three deep in great tight ends and four deep in really really good tight ends. And so I think the tight end will be a big, big, big factor this year. All right. Well, Tony, I uh, I can't I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on and uh, listeners uh, certainly uh, send their appreciation. But thanks so much, and we'd like to get back in touch with you uh, here in the not too distant future. That'd be fine, Coach. It's always good to visit with you. <laughs>